Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is good this morning. Amen. Till I get to heaven, I need these glass. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish, I'd, I wish I didn't have to use them, but either till God heals me, I go to glory. Amen. I, I got to use them. Amen. Thank God for this morning. Amen. It's a good spirit in this church this morning. I hope you came to receive of the Lord because a lot of people today are, are not here. A lot of people are struggling. A lot of people don't understand what God expects of them. Amen. How many have been in that place at one or twice in your time? I'm at a place in person. I'm just talking about me, okay? I want to understand what God, what God wants of me. I want to know what faith is really about. I want to trust completely in what God said. Amen. Me as a Christian, and I not necessarily mean as a pastor, <clears throat> talking about my personal life, I've been trying to, to understand what God wants us to believe. How is faith working? How is faith operating in my life? Is it just saying because I have faith, I have it? That, that's not true. I mean, I've been in the Christian faith long enough, and I understand a lot of people say words like, oh, just have faith in God. Well, what, what does that mean? How, how do I apply that? I want to preach a little sermon called Jacob's Ladder this morning, praise God. And I'm going to ask you a simple question, and it's just between you and God. Amen. Please, don't think I'm, I'm, I'm picking on anybody, because I need it <laughs> myself. And, I've, and I'm telling you something, I, I've been in the faith a while. And there's some things I'm struggling with when it comes to believing God. And I don't say I don't believe in God, but there's things that I'm asking God for it would seem impossible in the natural. You know, we're looking at time right now that we're living in. We need to get close to Jesus. I'll be honest, I don't trust the government. I'll be honest, I don't even trust some religious leaders. I don't trust much of anybody that I, that's trying to See, if it, if it ain't about Jesus, if they're not pressing Jesus, if they're not preaching Jesus, if they're not emphasizing faith in the Lord, what can they tell me? Come on, somebody. How could they inform me? What are they going to tell me that's going to matter to me spiritually? Now, there's a lot of people out there are talking about spiritual things, but it ain't about God. We have it in the entertainment world. We have it in the political world. We have it in the, in the, in the religious world. And I look at that stuff and I say, well, wait, what is, is this spiritual or not? Well, it is spiritual in a lot of places, but it's not God's spirit, right? Jacob was running from his brother Esau at this time. And I'm fixing to read it. You can turn with me to uh, chapter 28 of Genesis. And he's running from Esau because he, he deceived his, his, his daddy, Isaac. Now, God had already promised that Jacob would rule his older brother. When they were born, Esau and Jacob, God had promised them that Esau, the, younger would, the older would serve the younger. But one day, Isaac called Esau in his tent because he favored Esau. Listen, you ever want to divide a, a family? Start choosing one child over the other and see how far you get. Oh, I ain't preaching that, but it go, it, it, it'll cause some trouble. Now Esau was Isaac's favorite. Rebekah was Jacob's favorite. And Isaac was fixing to bless Esau, which would have been out of the will of God. Because Esau had no regard for his spiritual side of, uh, 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 you know, when he sold the, the, the bowl of porridge for his birth, you know. He had no regard for the birthright. But he wanted the material things. Get what I'm saying? There's a lot of Christians that have been buffaloed by a lot of preachers. Well, you just send this money and God will give you all the money in the world you need. You'll prosper. Let me tell you, that's flesh. Because Esau wanted the material parts of Isaac. He didn't want the spiritual God he served. Come on, somebody. Then Rebecca's talking to, uh, to Jacob and says, Listen, you got to go to your father, dress yourself up, make yourself smell like Esau, put on some, to make the long story short, <laughs> to put the goat skins on your hands and, 
and say, I'm your son, Esau. And, he, and Jacob wasn't that dumb because he said, you might make me get a curse instead of a blessing. Because if he finds out who I am, he'll curse me. Believe me, back in those days, a blessing and a cursing was real. And I think it still applies today. I, I try to play, pray on my kids today while they were growing up. I pray on books. He's still living in my house. I say, Lord, bless this boy. Use him mightily. Bless his ministry. Things like that. Because I believe words are powerful. Come on, somebody. What we speak is powerful. When we start using words, we're using things that make an effect. Y'all quiet. <laughs> okay. Now, now, Jacob is running from Esau at this time. And I didn't even turned to my, my spot yet. And he comes to a place called Bethel. Well, he called it that, okay? Uh, really, he went out of Beersheba. That's where Isaac was. And he was running. Now, listen, I, I thought about this story, and believe me, I start to meditate on what I'm going to preach. He's by himself. He has no friends. His family's behind him. He's going to a place he doesn't know too much of anything. He's in the middle of a desert. Come on. How many of you, I've been in some deserts. I'm telling you, I felt like I have a friend in the world sometime, praise God. But God is there to minister to me. He catches you in the dry places of your life and he shows you a direction. He's going, he's running from Esau and all of a sudden he, he takes a nap. And he says, well, let me verse 10. He says, now Jacob went out of Beersheba and went toward Haran. You remember, go meet your, uh, your uncle Laban and get a wife from, from, uh, from Laban. Laban is Rebekah's brother. Remember when I, I, Abraham sent a servant to Laban or to uh, to Haran to, uh, to get a, a, a wife for Isaac. See, that's one thing that Isaac couldn't stand about Esau. He was taking Canaanite women. He was, he was marrying women outside of the covenant that God had. See, Satan was from the beginning trying to corrupt the seed of Jesus Christ. But you see, when Esau found out that Jacob, he, Isaac blessed and, and then the Canaanite women didn't please him, uh, his father. He went get him a, a, a wife from Esau. I mean, uh, uh, Ishmael's daughter. But when you find yourself running from your enemy, and you don't have, have assurance of God, you need to stop. Come on. When you don't have the peace of God, man, listen to me. When you don't have the grace of God, you don't feel the hope of God in your life, you need to stop. And find a place to worship. Find a place to have peace. Don't go no further till you can hear from the Lord. Come on, somebody. Don't stick another step till you have that peace and assurance that God is with you. That he's going to protect you and watch over you. He's running. Have you ever ran before? Listen, I've ran from God in church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And it wasn't the, the preacher's brothers, the preacher's fault, the pastor's fault, and the church's fault. It was my fault. Because I was too busy worrying about other things than worrying about what I was supposed to be doing, and that was to worship the Lord. I don't come to church to learn somebody's business. Come on. I don't come to church to find out what brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so is doing, who didn't come and who came. I see more people destroyed that way. Come on. Running from God inside the church. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of running. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to stop today. I got to make things right with you, Father. I got, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I got to make things right today. Today is the day I got to settle that with the Lord. He's running. From Esau. 
And he, and he, and he came to, toward Horan, and he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. All night. Because the sun had set. And he took up a stone of that place and put it on his head for a pillow. And he laid and he, he took a nap. He, he got that. And then I saw some stones. I mean, some, Missy went to Tennessee. Remember, Lord? The, 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 you could get them out. The, I, I picture that. <laughs> Can picture them hard. I, I can't even sleep on the pillows I got now. That's a, a stone. <laughs> Seriously. Listen, you, I, I, got a, I got an addiction, addiction to pillars. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying to you. I got one on this arm, one on that arm, one across my chest, two in the back of my head. Lord, man, I, I said, what kind of mess I'm in? <laughs> huh? And one in my back. I got about, I got, I can't, I got to sleep with about six pillars, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I can't imagine sleeping on a piece of rock. <laughs> but here he is, he's got this stony, and after he wakes up, something happens to him, okay? Well, he says, he, then he dreamed. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set on there. Now listen, I'll preach, praise God. Jesus is the ladder that connects heaven and earth. My Lord, the angels are descending up and down. And who's on the top? The Father. What, 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 is, what, is, what is the principle that God is trying to teach Jacob? God is always there with you. They're always descending and ascending and giving you the assurance and the faith you need and answers of, of prayer. What you seeking the Lord for? Listen, I need Jacob's ladder. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I need the door to go to heaven. I need the prayer to connect my faith to God's heaven. I need a place to find my peace with God. Jacob is scared. He's running. And he, he, he rears up this pillow. And he, that night he's sleeping. He has a dream and he sees this ladder. He sees it going up into heaven. And he sees the angels coming in and out, up and down. If you know the story in the New Testament, the Lord was calling his disciples. Remember Nathaniel? Was under a tree. And Jesus said, I, before, before I, Peter called you, I, I, I saw you sitting under a tree. He said, my Lord and my God, you are the son of God. He said, do you believe? Because of what I told you, I saw you. You're going to see the angels ascending and descending. But <laughs> remember that the ladder was important. Or the stairway. To get to God, you have to, you have to be at the foot of that ladder, praise God. To get the answers from God, you've got to be in the place where the angels are descending and ascending, praise God. You can get your prayers answered. The peace of God is missing in the church. And that's why we don't, we don't know where the ladder is no more. Hallelujah. We don't know how to get to God. We're not understanding that this is not just about words you're saying when you say, God, do this or do that. That's a, it's an act of faith. Faith activated to heaven. And those things happen, praise God, but because we believe. Not because I say so or you say so, because God said so. Come on. Because, the, because he takes this stone and he, he rears it and pours oils on it and he names it. Bethel, the house of God. The house of God. Listen. We believe this place is God's house where we come to worship. But listen, I'm telling you right now, when you get away from the house of God, when you get away from the place where you worship God and you don't seek God anymore, you don't pray anymore, your life's gotten cold with God, something is wrong. You forgot where you, where you came from. You forgot at one time you gave your life to Jesus. You reared up that stone. You poured all the anointing in it, and it became God's house. Oh, man. <laughs> We need to go back to the house of God. We need to go back to Bethel. 
We need to go back to the place of worship, praise God. This church ain't going to go any further till this church worships God. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't going to go any further till you worship God. Till you go to that place, that ladder, that place where you met God and start. Listen, when I got born again, man, I was zealous, man. Like I said, told you, I'm laughing. I didn't want to eat devil food cookies. That's how zealous I was. I didn't want nothing to do with the devil. Nothing. I was learning. <laughs> Thank God he delivered me. I like devil food cookies. <laughs> God is trying to teach us something when we lose that passion for the Lord. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I need to blink in my eyes this morning. I don't think. <laughs> when we lose that desire for God, when we don't no longer believe that he can do what he said he would do, when we no longer stand at that ladder, the foot of that ladder, and wait for God's answers to come down, if you finish reading this story, and I'm not going to finish, but it says that he, God was on the top. God was on the top. Watch, let me show you. And he dreamed a dream. Behold, the ladder was, was up on the earth, and, and, its, and its top reached into the heavens. And there the angels of God descended, ascended and descended. And behold, the Lord stood above it. <laughs> Where was God? He was above the ladder. Where was God? He was above the ladder. Where was God? He was above the ladder. He could see right down there. He was sending. Listen, go tell. Go send that, go, that answered prayer. Send it. I'm coming. It's going to happen. Much dear people. Listen, I don't want to get off into a lot of stuff because I can go on and on. Struggle. Struggle because they, they have yet understood what God's Faith is all about. What faith in the Lord is about. God hears you when you pray. God hears you when you pray. Well, God don't hear me. Well, curse him and let's see if he hears you. Oh, no, I'd never do that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. When we make intercession to the Lord, he sends his angels. I'm not saying the angels are the answer to prayer. But uh, Daniel was fighting fighting the battle of his life, three weeks, fasting and praying, didn't eat nothing. And the angel Gabriel came down, or Mike, I don't know which one of them, said, God heard you the first day you prayed. But on the way down, I had a war to fight. <laughs> I had a battle to fight. The devil was trying to stop me. Come on, somebody. What if he'd have stopped praying the first day? Who would have won? The devil. If he'd have quit interceding and seeking God, Satan would have, would have defeated him. Wouldn't, wouldn't have got the answer from God. Nobody pressed on. He pressed on. He endured. I don't know about you, but that's the Holy Ghost. If you're struggling, don't give up. If you're fighting a battle, don't quit. Amen. It might seem dark right now, but remember, there's light on the end of the tunnel, brothers, sisters. We better continue knocking. We better continue seeking. If I can do anything in this ministry for you, it's to encourage you to seek God and never quit. Never give up. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given to you. You know who said that? Jesus himself. Prayer is so important, but what is prayer? Prayer is words you say to God? No, no, there's something happening in the spirit world. There's something happening in the heavens. There's, some, there's a battle going on for your answer. And believe me, Satan's not going to sleep. He's got his arm ready. He's, got his, he's, he's ready to fight. Most Christians don't even understand the power of the darkness of the, the, Satan. I don't give him no glory. I don't give him no, no praise. But he is a powerful being. And all he's got to do is get you to lay back on God. F doubt God. Not to pray. Not to seek him. See, see Jacob is fixing to face Laban. Now, you've got to read the whole story. But he, Laban deceived Jacob. Remember, he worked seven years for Rachel, Leah, another seven years. Then he had to work for his cattle and stuff. So about 21 years. And the Bible says that Laban, his father-in-law, changed his wages 10 times. 
tell him he's going to do, give him something, he, he don't do it. But you remember, Jacob started off by deceiving Isaac. Come on, somebody. He started by lying to his own father. Then to make the long story short, he's running from, now guess what? He's going to face Esau again. The same fear he ran from, he was going to meet up. Laban's chasing him on the back end. He's running from Laban, took his cattle, his wives, and everything he had. He was going back to his father, Isaac. Then all of a sudden, Laban's behind him. Then there comes Esau in the front of him. And he smashed between the two. Mm. I don't know about you, but I felt squeezed a lot of times between things. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he stops. And he, and he says, well, uh, well, Esau's coming. And I'm just pushing the story forward. He says, I'm going to send Esau some gifts. And I'm going to send him cattle and, and camels and, and all these, these, these sheep and whatever. And when the, when the servants came back, he said, Esau's coming with 400 men. And he, he don't look happy. So Jacob, <laughs> he got away by himself. And he had to wrestle again all night. See, he had, he had to. And all of a sudden, he was wrestling with God. Hmm? And he wrestled. All night long, they toiled and fight. The Lord had to put his hip out of joint. To maybe slow him down. But that, that was a mark for Jacob that he, that he walked with that limb all, all his life. To let everybody know, I wrestled with God. And the Bible says he prevailed. And all of a sudden, early in the morning, I guess he was wrestling with God. And he says, he says the Lord said, let me go. He said, I ain't going to let you go till you bless me. Huh? See, he stole the last blessing. You remember? This one he's got the rest of the, for God for it. My Jesus, hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, we wonder why. Listen, we're still wrestling with God. We're still trying to figure God out. We're trying to know what God wants. Oh, Lord, I feel his presence, amen. If you ain't wrestling with God, then there's a problem. Now there's no times of rest. But there's a time to wrestle. <laughs> there's a time to have, you know, just enjoy the presence of God. But there's a time you're going to have to wrestle for that presence. And you're going to have to wrestle for that peace. And you're going to have to wrestle for that faith. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Jacob had to fight God to get the true blessing. Now he said, no longer you're going to be called Jacob. Jacob is deceiver. That's his name. You're going to be called Israel, the prince of God. <laughs> Listen, I'd rather be called the prince of God than the deceiver. <laughs> Listen, Jacob got deceived because he was a deceiver. Whatever a man's going to sow, he's going to reap. Don't think God is sleeping. Don't think God is closing his eyes. Because he knows where you're at today. He knows where you're at today. Let me read you my little notes I wrote down, okay? Number one, we must trust in the way. <laughs> Listen, that ladder was the way to heaven. That ladder is the symbol of Jesus, right? If we don't trust in Jesus, we're on the wrong ladder. If we're not walking, come on, Holy Ghost. If we're not walking in the faith of Christ, if our faith is not what Jesus did at Calvary, if our faith is not in what he said and he spoke in his word, we're on the wrong ladder, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the ladder that connects heaven and us. Mm. Jesus is the ladder. God promised Jacob that the door to the earth from heaven will always be open if we obey him. Listen, I, I hear people today now. I, I, oh, God's love is, uh, is uncompromising. Love of God. No, no, no. He loves you, but you're not going to get what you got just by trusting the love of God. You got to obey Him. You're going to have to obey Him. 
You got to do what he says. You got to follow his word. Obey his commandments. See, Jacob had to settle in his heart right here at the house of God. Where he was, where he was with the Lord. Where his heart was with the Lord. He had to figure this stuff out. He said, you, if you obey me and follow me, I'll bless you. If you obey me and do what I said, I'll pour, listen, you'll be a, you, anybody that blesses you, I'll bless them. Anybody that curses you, I'll curse them. Jacob's promise from the father was that if you would obey me and follow me and do what I say, you would be blessed. Turn with Deuteronomy chapter 28, okay? Deuteronomy. Twenty-eight. Now, as a Christian, we're all going to be in those valleys sometime. You know, there's just times I feel like, I don't know, God's a million miles off. You know, you're trying to hear God's voice. You're trying to know his will. He's not always going to say, Lenny, you've had. And he's not, he's not always going to do that. Sometimes he'll get quiet. Listen to me. <laughs> I've been in this thing long enough. But you just have to operate based on faith. It's always good when you hear his voice. It's always good when the spirit is moving over you. It's always good when you feel those goosebumps and everything else. It's always good when you know he's right there. But it gets lonely when you don't hear him. There's two reasons you might not be hearing. Because of what you're doing. You might be sinning and offending God. Or you're going through a test. Right? But to be blessed. It says here. Not shall come to pass. In verse 1. If you diligently. What does that mean? Persistently, diligently obey God. These blessings will come on your life. Now, who said that? The Lord said. Now, listen, this is going to get a little personal because now he's talking to you. He was addressing the nation of Israel at this time. And he was telling Israel that you have to diligently obey me. If I'm going to get an answer from God... I got to obey him, right? If I'm going to get an answer from the Lord, I got to diligently obey him. Now listen, God knows who we are. God knows what our flesh is. And I, I tell you what, sometimes he answers me, even though I'm not, I'm not perfect. Because <laughs> I can assure you I'm not. But you know, anytime you do something, you hear that little, little voice near. Uh-uh. You know what my word says. Thus said the Lord, thou shalt not. Huh? I said it, and I'm going to say it again. Those are not ten opinions, Lord. Those are ten commandments. Not what God thinks you better do. It said, thus said the Lord. It's what God makes his word it's to say. It says, this is just blunt and straight out. You either obey me, you diligently obey me. Obey the voice of the Lord your God and to observe carefully. And I'm reading the New King James, okay, because it's a little bit more clearer. To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of, all of the earth. Now watch. You know what makes your enemy angry? It's when you are blessed and they're not. You ever saw somebody that's just envious and they, they don't like you and they say, man, he, 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 he seems to be happy. He's joyous, man. Everything he asks God for, he gets it. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to wait for it. But if it's just and right, and if I'm in the right place with God, I'm going to get it. Come on, somebody. I have to be in the right place with God. I got to be 
at Bethel. <laughs> I got to be at the end of the ladder or the staircase or whatever. I got to be in the place that God wants me. Most of you in here have been serving the Lord long enough. You know what the Bible says. These blessings will come upon them that obey me. Right? I didn't write these words. Okay? Now listen to this. Verse 2. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake Wow, I like overtaking blessings. I love it. My mama sings that song. My, my cup run it over. That's the song. My, I'm drinking from my sauce. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, that's great when your cup run it over and you're drinking from your saucer. Hallelujah. I'm a blessed human being. Got a good wife. Got a good church. Got a good business. God has done some wonderful th things in my life. But you know, you can let these things drag you down. Because I have a business around, it's stressful. If I sit down and tell you how much money me and my wife have to come up with every week, you'd sh be shocked every month. But it's there. <laughs> and it's there every month. I picked up a job. I have to pay some insurance in the, by the 10th. I picked up a job, just 25 loads of limestone. When, when, uh, I said, that's going to take care of my problem. <laughs> God is good. He's not late. If we're in the, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. If we're in the right place with God, the answer's coming. Listen to me. You need peace, the answer's coming. You need healing, the answer's coming. You need faith, you need, you need even prosperity. You need your bills paid, healing in your body. It's coming. It's right there. You have to be at that ladder. You got to be, who you at the bottom and God's on the top. Years ago, I used to sing an old song, and I, I don't remember all the words, but it says, the only way up is down on my knees. The only way I'm going to get to God is if I'm down on my face. <laughs> You're never looking down to get to God. You've got to look up, right? As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. You look up. You look up to the mountains. You look up, mountains is high. I went to Tennessee for the first time, me and Jens. I said, man, I felt, listen, I fell out of place. I felt like I was on another planet. <laughs> I saw the mountains. I saw, I saw the clouds. I said, they were passing over the, in the mountains. I said, I never saw that in my life. Oh, I saw it on a picture, but to see it for real? To watch it for real? I could have been on Mars for all I knew. <laughs> Seriously, it was that, it was strange. Over here, everything's flat. Now, when the people from the mountains come down here, they, 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 they say, man, everything's flat. We don't, we, don't see, we don't live on flat land. But as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Well, you know, come on. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, the mountains are high. You look up when you look to the mountains. Right? We have to look up, Lord, when we get, we get before God. We have to look up. We have to look up. Look up. Hallelujah. Sometimes you're looking up flat on your face, and that's what we should be sometimes, but you're still looking up. All right. Hallelujah. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in, in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That means you're going to live a healthy, long life. Right? There's some dear people that are sick, that love the Lord, that don't mean they're lost. But I think sometimes we miss, if we can only trust Him, He'll bless us in our bodies. We can be healthy. And this is not about... What I can get from this is just a promise of the Lord. Blessed shall you be in your body. Your body's going to be well if you're looking up. Praise God. Your body's going to be well if you trust in the Lord. Your body, listen, that's, this takes faith to have a healthy body. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we make it go faster than, than it needs to because we don't do what's right. We don't, we don't take care of this temple, right? We don't, we don't protect it. We let all kind of junk come in it. You know? We let all kind of poison enter in. And I'm not just talking about food or 
you know, alcohol or nicotine. I'm talking about spiritually hate and bitterness and resentment and doubt and jealousy. Come on, somebody. Listen, I, I, thought, about, I thought about that the other day. I said, man, I just can't believe I want to live with anything that would hurt me spiritually. These things I explain some of the most dangerous things for a Christian. Amen? It's to not be at peace with one another. People are devouring one another. See, if you'd be at peace with God, you want to be peace with, with others. You want to be at peace with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You want to be at peace with your, with your church. You want to be at peace with God. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm going to, listen, I, 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 I have the same problem. That's one of the things I've been working on in my spiritual life. I am not going to let men or women or people decide my faith in the Lord. And it's going to happen. God says I need to get things straight. Then I got to get it straight, right? God says I need to live right. Then I'm going to live right. God says, I need to forgive, then I'm going to forgive. God says, I need to get rid of bitterness, I'm going to get rid of bitterness. God says, I need to get rid of jealousy, I'm going to get rid of jealousy. God says, I'm going to get rid of hate, I'm going to get rid of hate. Those things are killing us as believers. My Lord, we looked at that ladder and said, God, send me a new house. Send me a new car. Send me a lot of money. That's not what I'm talking about. There's something coming down that ladder that you need. And it ain't a new house, and it ain't a new car. It's the peace of God in your life. Come on, somebody. The peace of God in your life. The peace of God in your life. That's the greatest gift we can have. Listen, I love being at peace with God. Listen, there's no better. Listen, I feel like I can jump 100 miles in the air when I feel that peace. Because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like having that, that gracious peace that he gives us. You can, be, you can smile again. You can sing songs again. You can rejoice again. You can have the peace of God again. You know, we're so caught up in an, in an age of the prosperity movement. Let me tell you something. That's nothing but some filthy lucres. The, the things that we really need, they're ignoring. They're placing everything on the physical, on the material. And that's not what God's talking about. Let my soul prosper. And be in hell, that, you know, as your soul prospers. Being, it says to be in hell and be, as your soul prospers. That's what I'm saying. If your soul's not prospering, you can have a million dollars in the bank. It, it ain't going to solve your spiritual problem. You hear what I'm saying? Me and Book was going through some stuff. You don't imagine the people, the famous people, Hollywood movie stars, country music stars, rock stars. They got money. And fame. They can have any man they want. They can have any woman they want. But miserable. I said, I can't believe that. You'd be surprised how some of them don't pass 40 years old. They're looking, they're looking to drugs to find peace. And they're dying. They got to get married 10 times before they think they can find the right man or right woman. Dying. Committing suicide. The things, I, 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 said, I, book, I said, I can't believe this. I was just looking through it. I said, they're not happy. They're not happy and they got all the material things they want. They're not happy and they got everything they need in this life to live a luxurious life. And they commit suicide. Dying of heart attacks and disease and everything you can about them. I said, they, they're, lucky if they're, they're lucky if they make 50. Lucky. But I thought money's supposed to make you happy. I thought having fame and fortune is supposed to make you happy. A lot of times it's going to kill you. And I'm not against people having money. Don't get me wrong. You know, I told people a lot of times, you know, for years, me and my wife have sold faithfully in tithes and offerings. And believe me, I see the effect of it today. That's one thing we have a principle. We taught it to our children. They do it. It's just something that we believed. And it was right. There's a principle into sowing into God that brings a reward. You sow sparefully, you'll get sparefully. You don't expect God to give you a lot if you're not going to surrender something. 
You sow bountifully, you're going to get bountifully. And it has nothing to do with who's putting more money than who in, in, in the church account. It's about where your heart's at. We don't mind paying that brand new sport boat note, a brand new car note, a brand new house note. But when it comes to God, we, gotta, we kind of scratch our, our, our nickels and see if we can give him a little bit. Listen, I never talk much about money, seriously. God has provided for this church. I told you one time, they got people, people that come, don't even come to this church giving to this ministry. And not a little bit. God has a purpose fit to being here. But you are responsible to sow into this work. I'm responsible. Me and my wife pay tithes. And the thing is, you're responsible because this is the gospel. And I'm not telling you to go write a big check out. I'm just saying, as a Christian, we understand that this gospel has to be maintained. And God gives you the responsibility to do it. A man that sows into the work of God is going to be returned back tenfold, the Bible says. And if I don't tell you that, you see, people, don't like, they don't like to hear about money, seriously. And I'm not the kind of preacher that talks a lot about it. But I'm going to sow into God's kingdom, okay? If I sow into God's kingdom... That, them angels are coming down. They're going to descend and ascend. God's going to hear them. It's not, you can't buy God. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But as where your heart is, is where your treasures are, right? Listen, I know a lot of people. <laughs> the, the, the two things you can tell about a true Christian is how wearing out his pocketbook is and how his checkbook looks. How much he's sowing into the work of God. I might not say this for another six months. <laughs> But the thing is, where are we going to take our fate? How much is this fate worth to us? How much is this fate, this walk we claim, does God be claimed to worth to us? I'm going to tell you something. Some of the most important things that are said are said behind a pulpit. God help the preachers that are lying and stealing and conniving and trying to manipulate the people of God. I don't want to be that kind of person. I personally believe talking about Jesus and salvation and grace and power is more important than money. All right? Or more important than anything. Okay, so you notice I talk a lot about believing his word. Putting your faith in God. Putting your faith in his prayer. Majority of the time, about 80% of the time, that's what I'm focusing on lately. Because I know that's what works. I know that's what works. I know this is what God has this ministry here for. I told you a lot of times when I first came here, the first thing I noticed when I walked through that door, I could feel it, the love of God. And I remember that till this day. And those things are impacting my life because that's what drives me. Y'all, seriously, the faith in the Lord, the faith in the love of God, the faith in His grace. And listen, I need it, man. I can't, listen, I can't, these words are empty if, I, if I'm not going to edify Christ and, and, and be a testimony to what He has done. My wife and me, we got to live by faith every day. You, you, you think I'm joking. By faith every day. We don't have a check coming in. We have to wait on God. And believe me, he gives us some good ones. And I'm not bragging. That's not the point I'm trying to make. Because it costs us a lot too. But it's there. The faith that we establish in our lives, and it works. It works. And God has never failed me, sister. I'm going to tell you the truth. He's never failed me. He's always there, always on time. You got it. We got us another truck. And I thank God for this. It's going to cost some money for that truck, right? We got to believe God that he's going to make the work possible that that truck can be paid. It costs a lot of insurance. It costs a lot of things. A lot of things I can't sit there and tell you. But... You tell, we, we, sometimes we don't sleep at night worrying about that stuff, and we can't let that happen. We're not, listen, I made my mind up. I'm going to trust you, God. This morning I was praying. I said, I'm at his ladder, y'all. I'm at his ladder. I'm at the end of the ladder. God, look up. I need your help. And if he's right, according to what he said, help's coming, right? Because God loves 
to hear the praise of his children. Loves to hear the desires of his children. Listen, there are things that are just and right. You know, money, we need money. Because, you know, in this society, but we need more of the peace of God than money. We need more of the, we need the power of God in our lives. This making sense? Y'all quiet. <laughs> I just want to be sure <laughs> I'm saying so. <laughs> I'm almost finished, okay? Close your Bible a minute. You don't have to, unless you want to write this down. Number four, all God's favor comes to us through Christ, through the ladder, right? All God's favor. Listen, do you believe you're in the favor of God? What is that word favor? It means grace, all right? If you're in God's grace, it's coming. If you're in God's favor, it's coming. Listen to me, praise God. This is important. If you're in God's grace, it's coming. If you're in God's grace in favor, it's coming. That's the bottom line. I can't, I can't, can't give a big theological explanation, but I just know this. Grace has to be there. If grace and favor is there in your life, God's going to hear you. Now, they got people that pray very selfish prayers. Bless me, my wife, us four, and no more. Take care of this, do this, bless this. Listen, the main thing I have right now in prayer right now is my children. Other than my wife, I love all of y'all, but they're more dear to me than anybody. And don't tell me you love me as much as you love your children. You've been lying through your teeth. Right? Right, Lord? The thing is, I'm trying to say is that I would do something, like I say plenty of times, I'd do something for Boogie that I might not do for you. Why? Because he's my son. I have a covenant with my son. He's part of my bloodline. He's part of who I am, right? And he's more dear to me than anybody. Oh, all my kids, or my wife and my kids, that's what I'm talking about. Because they got grace with me. You might call me and say, Brother Lamb, you going to, I don't know, I'm, I'm tired. But let him ask me. And, and I know it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's serious. My mama called me yesterday. She said, Lane, I need you to bring me to the hospital. I wasn't even dressed. Not a shadow of a doubt. I got up. said, I got to bring my mama to the hospital. Because she's my mom. Right? And there's a commandment that says to honor your father and your mother. If you don't honor your father and mother, I, I doubt if you honor God. If you don't honor your wife, I doubt if you honor God. Years ago, I preached a message. <laughs> I never forget that. On intimacy with God. I said, God sees me like you can't see me, right? My wife can see me like you can't see me. She can follow me in the restroom. She can go and we're sleeping at night. Anywhere I go, I mean, she has right to do it because she's my wife. And I said, you know, to have an intimate relationship with God, God sees us. God can see you <laughs> like no one can see you. That's why it's very, very cautiously we need to, how we judge people. I'm not saying you can't because you can see fruit, but I'm talking about how we don't know where that person's coming from, really. We don't know why, they, why they're hurting. We don't know why they're doing what they're doing. We don't know why. The things have to be done through prayer. Now, when God sees you, he can see you, right? I told somebody one time, I said, I can tell what kind of relationship with God you have with God and how you treat your wife. Oh, they got some men that got mad at me, bro. Let me tell you, they got mad at me because they wasn't treating their wife right. But they wanted to be spiritual, right? And I thought about that over and over. I said, I, that's the kind of relationship. If I have a relationship with God, it's going to reflect on my relationship with her all the time. It's always going to be that. It's going to reflect on my relationship with my children. It's going to reflect on my relationship with you. 
Because I have to be at the foot of God's throne. I have to be at the foot of the ladder. And God's going to send that to me. Praise God. Listen, we're looking for God to give us everything material. But what about the spiritual side? Are you an Esau or are you a Jacob? See, Esau wanted the material side. He didn't mind getting rid of the birthright. Do you understand what I'm saying? The spiritual side of God. A lot of people want God to give them everything. Give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. But they don't want the spiritual side of seeking the Lord and driving forward and learning what salvation is about, growing close to the things of God. Hey, man, that makes sense? <laughs> I'm almost finished. <laughs> but I know what kind of relationship. Listen, when I start treating her bad, I, I, I mean God is not fixed. Something wrong with me and the Lord. And the vice versa. God is looking, and he's, at the, he's at, the, at, the, at the top of the ladder, looking down. You know who he's seeing? He's seen me, he's seen you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and all of you. And he's watching us. You know? Now, I have to be in the right place, right? I said earlier, for him to see me, right? Now, God sees everything. But I'm looking, I'm looking at the spiritual side of where our faith and our, our, our walk of the Lord is. Are we in the right place? Are we in the right place? Listen, we've come to church for years here. And some good people, man. I've met the best people in the world in this church. Some I can go back to that I've learned from multiple times. Some of them I'm more, I, <laughs> I wouldn't listen to. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to this say nothing. Because I can see the fruit. And that's like that in every church. I can see the fruit of their lives. They were saying things in church that they weren't, they weren't doing outside the church. And it's, it's, it's where they were as Christians. You understand what I'm saying? We want faith. Come on, somebody wants faith this morning? Somebody wants to operate in the power of faith? You have to be in the right place. Jacob finally found rest with the Lord. I said, with God. And he was going back to his father's house. I find funny that Isaac didn't die yet. But he's still alive. Because Jacob went and he buried his father. Him and Esau together. Uh, Ishmael, I'm sorry. Esau. Buried Isaac. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the... But the whole thing about Jacob's desire, he wanted to go home. See, that, he was with Laban, but he wanted to go home. He was missing mama and pop. He was missing the relationship he had with his mother and his father. See, he was gaining all that material stuff, but he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't in the right place. He wanted to go back to his father's house. Amen. You remember the prodigal son? He said, if I only had all the money I need, I could live good. Right? If only I could have money and friends, go where I want. He got his daddy to give him half of what was coming to him. And what happened with that, he spent it all. Living a rider, living, and, and ended up eating out of the pig's pen. Said, I had it better than my dad. And he said, to come to himself. He had to come to himself and say, I had it better at my father's house. He got up, wiped his pig face, took off back home. When his father saw him, what did he do? He, don't you come near me, you bum. Don't you come near you spend all my money. Don't ask for another nickel. Did he, did he do that? No, he didn't do that. Me and Janice watched a movie last night. It's called The Prodigal Girl. And you'd have to see the movie because it's the same story. She had daddy had a, a multi-million dollar business. She embezzled five million dollars and went to Italy. And she had to come back and had to face her dad. He never asked her for one nickel. <laughs> Not one. He ended up bringing her back up. You know, that, I thought about that thing when he, when he put the coat on, on, on the sun, and he got back, kissed him and hugged him, and bought a coat and put a ring. You know what that ring was? <laughs> That's kind of like a credit card. <laughs> That's what it was. He could use that ring, Sister Kathy, and buy anything he wanted. 
But wait a minute, he just spent everything his dad had. Listen, I don't understand the grace of God. I can only a little bit understand. But to understand you just blew half of your dad's in here and he's going to give you a credit card? <laughs> you explain that to me. Amen? The other one just stayed faithful. He did everything his dad told him. And people say, well, the older son was back. No, I don't believe he was. I don't believe it. He was faithful. He, he stayed with his daddy. He suffered all the, the, the stuff that would have been. You know what I think? I just don't think he understood what grace was. Right? And he got him angry when he couldn't. How are you going to give him? You're going to take him back after he spent all your living with harlots and living right lives? But the father gave him back. Put him back. Because the father said to the older son, you, you got everything I got, son. He didn't disregard the young, older, older son. Most people like to preach it. Oh, the, the older son was back. I don't believe. I think the older son's like us a lot of times. Because not understanding how far God's grace goes. Now, he could have stayed in the pig pen and gone to hell, right? He didn't. He repented before he got, went back to the father. I don't see anywhere where the father ever brought his past back up. Just a simple, simple message of grace. You know, some of the biggest battles we have is with our family, right? Seriously. I had to mention having in my family. And believe me, I could have been bitter. But it just always finds place in my heart to love the ones that really were close to me, even though they did me wrong. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't dare go out your way for that a fornicator down the street, but if you got a child that fornicates, you're willing to forgive them. You notice that? You're willing to, you're willing to go off all the way to try to get them back in the right place. Okay, I'm going to stop preaching. <laughs> no, but it's true. Because I don't think we understand what grace is. But you honest, I thought about that over and I said, I, 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 I was sympathizing with the, with the one that's, the older child. She didn't want to let the little, little girl come. She's going to stealing some more money and stuff. I, listen, I, and when I look at stuff like that, Lord, I think I try to understand it. How great is the grace of God? Nobody justified what she done. Nobody or he, he done. But the father forgave them. Now, you had that ladder this morning, and you, you're looking up, and you, seen, you see the Father. You see the Father. What's wrong with my life, Father? Am I running from you? Am I running from my fears? Am I running from my troubles? I feel the whole, listen, send down the grace. Send down the peace. Here I am. Now, it might not be none of you, but if you're running from the Lord this morning, don't. Don't wait. Get right now. Because especially now in the time we live in, I, I don't want to be nowhere else. I can't find comfort in this world. I can't find comfort in what, what I'm seeing. I just don't feel it, man. I just can't get grab a hold of the stuff that I'm looking at today. I see destruction and deceit and, you know, everything you could possibly think of. But today is the day, Okay. Stand up, praise God. I'm not asking for hands, seriously. You know where you're at with God today, okay? If you're at God's feet today, as God's, if you're, in, you're like Jacob, you're, you're, you're at the ladder. You're, you're see, you could see God, okay? When I was reading a while back out of Isaiah 6, when Isaiah saw the face of God, and he says, I'm, 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 I'm undone. I'm unclean. I'm among people with unclean lips. And Isaiah's looking up. And he sees God in his glory. <laughs> he sees the train of the Lord, which represents uh, royalty, right? He represents, and he sees God. And he looks at God and he says, Man, I, I'm, I, I'm, what am I doing here? 
I'm unclean. I, I can't stand in such glory and such majesty like I am. Then the Lord and angels took him, and I'll make the long story short, took him and grabbed the coals from the altar and placed it on his tongue. Remember that story? That, that tongue was made right. That's a symbol. The coals represent the Holy Ghost, but it also represents repentance. What happens at the altar? Repentance, right? Where is the sacrifice offered? At the altar. Then he went and grabbed it and put it on. Now you're made clean. Now you've been forgiven of your iniquities. And I saw that and said, man, what a, what a story. This man is standing and he can see God. I said, man, the glory of his house was filling that place. God's glory filled the place. He says, I don't deserve to be here, Yvette. My Jesus, I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm not in the place to, what am I doing here? How could God ever forgive somebody like me? But you need to let him take them, <laughs> that coal from that altar and put it on your tongue. Now you've been made clean. Your sins are forgiven. Go read that, that in Isaiah chapter 6. I said, man, what a, what a message. But we read over it just like it's a good story. It's much more than that. It's God's glory, right? It's God's power. All I am is a humble servant. All I am is a humble child. When I stand at his feet, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I, don't have, I can't offer anything that make God any better or, or any right. Listen, this is God. This is the Holy Father. His glory fills that, that house. You think Jacob was looking up into heaven and seeing God? You think he was kind of seeing what Isaiah saw? Just a piercing in that door and seeing the glory of God. It changes life. I'm actually close your eyes a minute. Listen. Seriously. This is about your life, right? It's about your faith. It's about where you're at with God today. And we're going to pray. Lord, I just pray with my brothers and sisters, myself. God, I come against any attack of the enemy, Lord God, to try to destroy their faith. To take away the relationship and fellowship with you, Lord God. God, right now, I pray for the power of the Holy Ghost to go out through this congregation this morning. Yeah. That your spirit would rest upon them. That you'd feel the desire and the drawing of your Holy Ghost. God, move, Father. Move by your power. Strengthen your children, Lord God. Show them where they need to be this morning. And bless them, Father God, with your presence. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with your presence. Now, if you're really serious about this, I want you to say, Lord, pray with me. Lord, come down to me and give me your grace. Send your, send your presence down and save me. Draw me. Help me to understand what you did for me at Calvary. And offering up Jesus, your son. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray right now that you'd bless your people, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. And if you need a prayer, I'm going to pray with you this morning, okay? If you have any healing in your body, let us pray with you, okay? Amen. Go ahead, Jane. Sing it. Oh, draw me, Lord. I was thinking about that same song. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. Come on now. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me.
What's the next line he read? Heal me, Lord. Oh, feel me, Lord. Oh, feel me, Lord. And I'll run after you. Come on now, Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Ain't it a good day to come to church? Listen, I like messages that try my heart. Amen. Seriously, I want to know where I'm at with God. I want to know if I'm in the right place with God. Seriously. I want to know. I don't know about you, but I want to know. Okay? I want to know God. I want to know Him. I know Him as my Savior, but I want to know Him. I want to know Him. Amen? I want to understand what grace is. Okay? Amen.